Hi everyone, I'm Shakisha Morgan, AKA the Legacy Counselor and welcome to Estate Ready. This podcast was created with one goal, to communicate that estate planning is for everyone. Yes, including you. We're gonna take some of our favorite famous black folks, talk about their estates and get some key takeaways that you can apply in your own life. My co-host for this season is none other than the brilliant Dr. Takia Robinson, my sister and friend, and also one half of the dynamic duo of the Get and Grown podcast. She's here to make sure that I don't do too much lawyer talk and that I answer the pressing questions that you all want to know. If you have a celebrity that you want us to talk about or some pressing questions regarding estate planning or estate administration, email us at estatereadypodcast at gmail.com. I have to say that this podcast, you listening to it, does not count as legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship between myself and you, the listener. But listen, y'all, if we stay ready, we ain't got to get ready. So let's get estate ready. Now let's get into the show. So today we are talking about John Singleton. He is one of Black culture's, you know, most favorite yes. movie directors. Movie, t- I mean, yes. he does, he's done television and all that he's stuff like too. A prolific storyteller. I think yes. that's how I like to think of him. Yes, yes. Um, and also, can I just say before we get into it, like John had really great skin. Oh yes, he did. I, you know, I just, I felt like that was important to just put out there because I feel like your whole, you're black don't crack. And, you know, he looked the same. He looked the same throughout my entire, my entire life. (laughs) He's never not looked the same. That 51 year old skin was was 21 year old skin. It It just very, very much. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So says, tell us a little bit about John Singleton for the people who are, who are, um, maybe a little bit more like me and need a little reminder about who this great okay. man was. So John Singleton is, uh, I call him a prolific storyteller because he is responsible for some of the uh, most memorable, game-changing uh, films and TV shows of, of my era, growing up as a millennial. Um, Absolutely. He is responsible for huge films like Boys in the Hood, Higher Learning, Poetic Justice, uh, Baby Boy. He's also responsible for um, the most, more recently, for some of the younger girls who may be listening, he is the co-creator of uh, Snowfall, which is a huge television show on FX. But um, it is big. Really, it's really big. Yeah. I don't think I've watched it, but I know that that was like, people love yes. that show. I know that he won, uh, he directed, um, uh, I remember he, his, his episode of the People versus O.J. Simpson American Crime Story was like, so like, you could tell that John Singleton was all over that, but you know. The People versus O.J. Simpson is going to go down as a classic. I mean, that. Absolutely. That little, that episodic series was just phenomenally done. Outrageous. He is uh, a native of South LA, always been a real good, real West Side kind of guy um, and really captured that culture, especially for people like me who were completely ignorant 
<laughs> um, that that black folk on the other side of the country were living differently than I was. Um, yes. Really had such an attention to detail with sort of highlighting um, some of the cultural difference that exists within black communities. Um, and he always did so in such an artistic way. But a lot of people don't know that he went to USC um, and graduated from there, I think in 1990. I didn't know that he was a Kappa, uh, but- I didn't know uh, either. He absolutely I, that was, was a surprise to me. Was a Kappa. And I think one of my favorite things that uh, he did that I was, that, that um, my favorite things that he was responsible for was that he directed Michael Jackson's Remember the Time music video. Now that is um, an all-time classic. I already know that the people are just, I, you know what? I didn't know that he did that, but it makes so much sense thinking yes. about the video and the kind of storyteller that he was. It makes sense that he was For sure. behind that. Okay. Can I tell you my fun fact about John that I did not know when I was researching? Mm -hmm. He was married for one year to a woman named Akosu Abusia. She mm -hmm. played Nettie in the color purple, and I did not know. And they had a really? child together. Yes, that was his. I boo. did not know that either. Now they were they were married for literally one year, but she <laughs> had a child for him, and yeah. I just I didn't I didn't make that connection. And also, she is gorgeous. If we can just like, if I could just say, you know, I she mean, she wasn't I, all up and through the color purple, but you know that little flash of her, you know, running through the field. But so she saying. played. Did she play young Nettie? Yes, I guess she played the whole Nettie because I think it was the same person throughout the whole, throughout the whole movie. I think like, so. But yeah, I mean, I I honestly have been asking about her, like where is she? Especially since recently in the news, uh, there's been so much talk about the Color Purple remake. I, you know, it makes you think of where the original mm -hmm. cast members were. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I had no idea that she was married to John Singleton at least for 15 minutes and from that union a child was born I think that is amazing that's an amazing fun fact yes. I had no idea he had he had one of his allegedly seven children so there was a lot right. of kids you know <laughs> okay. um Go ahead. <laughs> through the loins of John and that is going to take us to why uh, a lot of his estate got so much drama in it. So, okay. So a little bit of information about his estate. So for those who don't know, before John passed, and he actually, I think he passed pretty quickly once he had the stroke. So he was maybe in like Costa Rica or something and he suffered a stroke and they flew him back to LA and he was under intensive care. That was like April 17th. He died mm -hmm. on April 28th when he was removed from life support. But here's the thing. Oh, wow. Between the 17th and the 28th, when he went, you know, under for his stroke and everything like that, it was his mom who tried to go and get a conservatorship for him. So that was the beginning of John's mm. estate issues, because for those who don't know, there are two types of conservatorships. You can have a conservatorship where someone goes to the judge and says, I want to be in charge of this person's affairs, which means that you're the one managing the money. Like what they did to Brittany Jean. Britney yes. Spears. Yes. All right. Hashtag free right. Britney. And mm -hmm. then you have the type of conservatorship where someone wants to be the guardian over the person, which means that like I'm the person who decides like whether or not this person is on life support. So those okay. kind of decisions. So mama, mama Sheila tried to go and take control of this because that was her baby that was on. Well, there, which one, right? which conservatorship did she, did she go for the first or the second? 
It was my understanding that um, she was ultimately trying to get both, but the one that mattered the most was his money because, because John had coins. Okay. Mm -hmm. So John had some money. So here's the thing though, but like when she did that, one of his daughters, Cleopatra actually challenged Miss Sheila for the conservatorship. She initially objected to it because she was like, I don't like the way you've been handling his money and being his business manager and that kind of stuff. She ultimately dropped it. Um, mm -hmm. but like initially she had objected to it. So that was, that was between the 17th and the 28th. So when he passed on the 28th, for those of you who don't know, when someone tries to take control of someone's affairs, if they're incapacitated, like John was, if you then die, there's no need for a conservatorship because there's not an incapacitated person. There's now a deceased person. So it's a different right. type of court case. So for people okay. who don't know, it's not just one type of court case when something happens to someone. It depends what happened to them, the type of court case it is. So once John died, now they needed to deal with John's estate. Now the so first- So the conservatorship was mm -hmm. for a living John. Yes. It has nothing to do the, the state is for john after john passes so the exactly. two are not the two they're are not, not the same. connected related they're not the same Got no it. and in fact just because someone could be appointed as a conservator of someone's estate while they're living but incapacitated doesn't necessarily mean that they're the executor Cons of their estate of after the they pass mm -hmm. got you mm -hmm. got you got you got you got you okay now is that something that 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 the like john could uh have delineated yes in the estate absolutely okay. so here's the thing that happened with john right it's not that john didn't do anything but when john died mama sheila said oh i have john's will great so john passes in 2019 and here mm -hmm. comes mama sheila with the will from 1993 1993 oh. now all the stuff no all the stuff that you said all the films he did like legit the only thing that had been done i think before he got the will done was to remember the time because i think remember the time yeah, was 1992 was in 1992 mm -hmm. and, and then his will was all of these mm -hmm. things came came after poetic justice came in 93 mm -hmm. Remember, uh yeah all of yeah so uh, yeah so by the time seven exactly mm -hmm. so by the time mm -hmm. when john did his will he did it because at that time he had one kid so he had his oldest kid at that point so it was good he did the will but it was from 1993 so once mama sheila came and was like oh here's this 1993 will um the, the kids thereafter were like, uh, hold up, because there's mm. only one child named in this will. So there was a bunch of drama around that. Now, now, ultimately in California law, California law allows for, if by the, if at the time you did your will, you only named one kid because that's who you have, it allows children born after that to be included in your estate. Okay. Because, okay. I mean, the thought is, is that unless you're specifically disinheriting children after you've had that, for, you know, after you've done your will, then you probably wanted to include them, right? But that's a situation mm -hmm. here and that, but imagine your father passes and then you find out that there's a will, but it only names the first sibling, the first child. Like as a kid mm -hmm. who may not know what the law is, like I would feel some type of way. I would certainly feel some type of way. The other thing to think about is this, the reports say, 
that John's estate is like 35 mil. Mama Sheila really only filed saying that there was about 3.8 million in there, which means that there's going to be a lot of discovery. There's going to be a lot of drama around figuring out exactly how much John was worth because all of the kids are supposed to get out of that money. So if they all get out of three, that looks different than us splitting 35 million or even more, including royalties and stuff like that. I have a question. Well, several, but, um, okay. So where did this figure, this $3.8 million figure come from for Mama Sheila? I came from Mama Sheila. I don't That's know. That's what she so, just thought? Is that all she thought? Or did so she here's is one of the not things, So this is a great question because one of the things that happens is that when you don't have updated documents, it leaves people in a, in a position of trying to guess what stuff you have. So mm-hmm. it could just be that what she had access to was around 3.8. It could be mm-hmm. that she was undercutting it because she wasn't sure and so she didn't want to overstate it it could be that when people um you know talked about how much they thought it was worth they were including royalties and stuff like that you're really not going to know but in the court process that happens after someone dies um or the court process that happens if there's a will after someone dies it means that Mm -hmm. the person with the authority has to go and they have to do their due diligence to now go and find out exactly how much is in bank accounts, how much is in investment accounts, how much is royalties. Like they get access after they get legal authority. Yep. So they, who, who would they need to go to, to get legal authority? The court. So when someone dies, right. If you have a will, if you don't have a will, Someone's got to go to court and say to a judge, I am the right person to yeah. manage someone's estate. If, if, if there's a will, they'll just say, I'm the person named in the will to manage the estate. So right. I don't know if I'm assuming that Mama Sheila was the one who was named in the will because she's the one who took the will to the court and she's the one who had it. Had um, it and yeah. think about it at the time in 1993, when he did it, um, she was probably, if he only had one kid at that time, she might've been the most trusted person. I can't remember if he was married at the time he did it because the other situation is- Well, it said he was married from 96 to 97. And so uh, he, so he was married from 96 to 97. So, so perhaps this was before. Yeah. If the will was done in 93, it's possible that he didn't even know the girl <laughs> um, that he married in 1996. You know, and this is a typical sort of thing, right? Like people will, people will do a will one time and just be like, oh, I'm good. But there's a couple of things that come into it. Number one is like, are you married to the same person you were when you did your first will? Uh, Do you have any more children? Do you have any more money that you might want to do something different with, right? Like if you, like, let's say if I, okay, let's say in a typical scenario, if, if I am, you know, John's estate planning attorney. And at the time Mm -hmm. he does it, like his mom is his most trusted advisor. I might ask him, like, did you want to leave your mom something then? Like if you're, cause I do that typically, like if I'm talking to a client and I'm like, okay, well, how old are your parents? Like, do you take care of your parents? Do you want to take care of your parents? Is there anything you want to leave for your parents? I got to make sure that that's been thought about because there can be a situation where someone could pass before their parent 
And if they want, if they would have wanted them to have something, if they were still alive, you got to say so. It's not automatic. You got to say so. And that adds to more of the estate drama. So here's the thing. Cleopatra coming at you, the same one who challenged Mama Sheila on the conservatorship has recently filed a claim against the estate asking for a milli. You know what I'm saying? She wants a payout of a million dollars because she said that there was a there was a point when uh, John was ordered to get a life insurance policy with her as a beneficiary for a million dollars. We don't know if he's done that, but my thought is as since she's filed this claim against the estate that he didn't do it. So she wants her million. That's one claim against the estate from a family member. Here's the second one. The second one is from Cleo's mama who uh, had two children with John and said that John stopped paying child support about four and a half years before her kids turned the age of majority. And so she wants about 450,000 out of the estate she wants, that she says okay. is so back child claiming, support. So that, mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Wait. Okay. This is getting sticky. Now mm-hmm. I had to do some Googles and I see that there were two children, Justice and Masai. They were born before the marriage. Uh, they oh, no. If you're talking and, about, you're talking about Cleo's mama? No, Cleo's, Cleo's mama had, no, Cleo had, Cleo's mama, well, well, I'm just saying that according to this particular website that I'm looking at now, Cleo is John's fourth child. Yes. Um, the, the third child is the one born to Nettie. <laughs> and the other two uh, were old, like, you know, he had them, one's 29, one's 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the daughter, uh, Nettie's daughter is 24. And Cleopatra's twenty-two, and so and so, as a, and now there's alleged another three children after after these children, and Cleopatra's mom is claiming that for he's uh, old he, he back child say, support. He's old back child support. Cleopatra wants this million out of the estate. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So these are some of the things that ha- now now mind you, John's John's. Uh, the claims against John's estate are much higher than the typical person's, but this scenario is not atypical. There's, mm. there's been, it's very, very common that when people pass, that their estate plan, their will is not updated, that there are uh, alleged children in the mix, that there are child support and money claims all mixed into people's estates. And Mm. the fact that um, there was this brief period where he was incapacitated before he passed and that the family was trying to argue about, well, who's going to be the person that controls his money while he's sitting up here in the hospital. So these are not uncommon issues. Like they're on a bigger scale because John got 38, you know, I'm not, Mm. I'm not at 30, I'm not at 30. I'm not, I'm not at those levels. Um, But because of that, I wanted to, to do some, just some quick sort of, here's what we can do as regular, regular, schmegular people about our mm-hmm. own stuff to get estate ready. First things first is you should know that what John's family is going through is a process in the court called probate. It is what happens when stuff has to go through court in order to like be shared 
among family members, could be kids, could be spouses, whatever. This is called probate. And I want you to know probate does two things. It subtracts money from someone's estate because I promise you, every time somebody filed something, there was a lawyer. So there's gonna be mm-hmm. lawyer fees. There's gonna be court fees. There's gonna be taxes, 35 million. There's gonna be taxes in that estate. Many taxes, many, yes. many, 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 many dollars in taxes. And so, and typically when people are getting lawyers, everybody's not getting the same lawyer. Everybody needs a lawyer to protect their own interests, right? So it's mm-hmm. unlikely that Cleo's lawyer is the same as her mama's lawyer who wants to get the back child support, all that kind of stuff. So probate means that there's money coming out wow. of your estate. It's not going directly That's to your family. The other <clears throat> thing that people don't know about is that probate adds time to the resolution of your estate. So a lot of people, remember I said that like nobody can act until the court appoints them to act. That's not a one day thing. After somebody mm-hmm. dies, you have to take care of the funeral stuff. You have to get the death certificate <clears throat> and then you have to get all the, the forms and everything prepared. And yeah. then you Me have and to wait. Were, we were in yeah. probate for nine months after my brother passed. And that's, that's the short, Very yes. I year. tend to tell people that when you, when it has to go through the court process, you're going to be in there for nine months to a year. And that's typical. Mm-hmm. That's like the general minimum that it is. And it doesn't have to be. So now that was your brother's estate, right? I don't think that mm-hmm. your brother had 35 million in his. So no, can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine how long this family is about to be in court? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes are way higher, right? It's like everybody wants their cut. They and if, if the there's more, listen, <laughs> that's what they're going to do. And I promise you, the lawyers are happy to help. They, oh, they are so sure. happy. <laughs> For millions of dollars an hour. Absolutely. Take all the time you need, please. I've got they're all day. So happy to help. Okay. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number one is probate is no joke. Okay. Lesson number two. That's why it's important. Wait, mm-hmm. wait, hold on. Probate is no joke. It mm-hmm. is time consuming. It is expensive. That is why it's important for us to have our business affairs fixed and ready to go before we check up out of here, right? Absolutely. So that so that all of this long time and, and extra expense is mitigated. Yes, absolutely. Got to have it together. All right, lesson number two. Lesson okay, number lesson, two. Lesson number two is that um, procrastination is not your friend. and we don't have and we don't have the time that we think we have no we don't no we don't it's very important to remember that john was 51 John he was not old he was not old and the the thing that i feel like people people forget is that like we're all on borrowed time like mm-hmm. none of this time is, we, there's no contract. We didn't sign no contract that was like, you're going to live X amount of years. I know the Bible says something about 70 years. Da, 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 da. That's still not a contract. Okay. That is just that we hope that we get to at least that much, but you'll see all these black people are living to like 110, but there's also black people not living past 25. So you want to be the, the, the best time to get ready is now right? Like John, I see that he had the effort because he did do a will, but in all the years, like in all his success and he was busy and all this kind of stuff, I was hoping to have read that one of his legal advisors was like, John, your estate, you know, you're doing all this great stuff. You need to protect it. You need to, you you can't just be out here, you know, you living your best life, but you, you haven't protected all these great things that you're, you're building. 
right? So that's that's lesson number two. You, you like procrastinate. Sure. And I don't want to say procrastination kills because we're talking about estates, but like there's mm-hmm. that saying and that saying is there for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's way better than, than kind of leaving a mess because you procrastinated on it. All right, so that's, that's number two. Here's that's number three mm-hmm. is that your estate plan is not complete if you only have a will. You need a you need mm-hmm. a estate plan that doesn't just say here's what happens after I pass, but you also need one that addresses here's what happens if I become incapacitated, right? Because mm-hmm. in in that almost two weeks where John was in that coma, you know, of sort when he couldn't make decisions for himself, and they had to go to court now to try and be a conservator. If he had these documents called powers of attorney they could have instantly started doing stuff for him and he yeah. would have chosen who was the best person to do it. So it wasn't his mama and his daughter, his adult daughters and whoever arguing over who was the best person to do it. He would have already decided that and they would have just jumped right in. So it shouldn't just be about what happens when I die, but it should be what happens if I can't manage what is under my care during my lifetime and how do I get all of those things in place? So everybody should have power of attorney documents and a will at the very least. Mm-hmm. So those are our three estate ready lessons for the day. Woo, man. And I have to say this also, just as someone who's experienced it, having to sort of deal with all of these administrative and financial things really does uh, intensify the grief for, uh, you know, of, of your loved ones, folks whom you leave behind to sort of deal with these matters. It's really hard for folks to sort of really come to terms with uh, the reality of your loss because um, this process continues to just bring things up again. Um, and so it's just really important for all of us to do that. And it's, and it's just unfortunate that, um, you know, someone with such a talent and someone who has such a huge, and this is not take away from that. So I'm not saying this, 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 uh, you know, it's no, it's not a discredit to all, but just how huge a legacy um, that John Singleton leaves behind for the culture. I, I mean, you know, how, how much, how much more would it have been if that of the legacy, you know, his personal legacy within his family you know, a, a lot of times we tend to hold those things, uh, you know, it's not about one over the other, but we really need to hold both of them, prioritize both at the same time. Like our, our, as young professionals, young people, we're so worried about grinding and getting a certain level of professional success, but it really doesn't, it really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but there, I think that our personal business, we should, we should be as, as just, just as much intent. We should be yeah. as intent on prioritizing that as well, for sure. It just reminds me that um, sometimes when we're kind of grinding through all those things, we never really take a second to take stock of what we've done. Because I think when we start to pay attention to the magnitude of what we're each creating, then it makes it even more important for us to protect <laughs> what we're creating. And I want to come back sure. to kind of where we started, where it was this idea or, you know, what you thought of for John, which is that he was a prolific storyteller. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I would have wished to see 
is what was the story that John would have crafted even in his death that would have gone beyond him. Like I know that with his mind, plus a, a competent estate planning attorney, he would have really done some amazing things. Like who knows, maybe he would have, you know, started a scholarship for mm-hmm. young black directors like him who, mm-hmm. um, who, would, who would love to get some seed money to, mm-hmm. to put together the kind of stories that John was telling because it was different than the stories that other people were telling, right? Like what if he would have left something with his fraternity or with his school or, you know, had a scholarship for someone who came from South LA who, who wanted to get into media, right? Like I think about the opportunity for that story to have gone beyond him um, if the, op- if, if he had taken this opportunity to kind of create that. So for each of us, I want us to take away from this that your story is yours to tell, even in situations of incapacity, even beyond Mm. your death, right? Like what we get to create now can outlive us if we do it right. So I hope that Mm -hmm. each of you takes from today that it's time to get a state ready do your own comprehensive estate plan, connect with an attorney in your area. And if you have questions or need some guidance on how to find someone, you can always email me at connect at the We will see you next time. Girl, I don't know how to stop recording. Huh? All you gotta do is press stop record at the bottom. Oh, you smart. It's right there. <laughs>